0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the program's contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the University of Alabama.
1: Thank you for listening to Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Quilt Bag Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin.
2: And I'm the other host, Lizzie. Bless Our Hearts is a podcast about the stories of queer people living in Alabama.
1: Today, we're going to be talking to Kendall.
2: She's here to tell us about her experience running for homecoming queen as a queer person at the University of Alabama.
1: All right, well, we're here with Kendall right now. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Hi, my name is Kendall Wilson. I am pansexual and I am gender fluid, so I use both she and they pronouns with... No preference. I am originally from a small town called Iowa Park, Texas. I know that name doesn't make sense. I don't know why it's called that. Um, I attended the University of Alabama from 2015 to 2019, and I'm now at Penn State Dickinson Law in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Um, with hopes to practice public interest civil rights law in the future.
1: How small of a town was that that you were from? You said it was a small town. What's the population there?
0: So a little above 6,000 people. I'm not sure how that'll change with the new census. We're waiting. Tell us a little bit about why you wanted to participate in Bless Our Hearts. I wanted to participate because... I know that my experience in Alabama, um, specifically at the University of Alabama, was not necessarily unique to other queer students' experiences, but I knew that I had some different opportunities um, regarding leadership, being in different organizations, and then ultimately running for Homecoming Queen. and. That was something that I thought I could impart the wisdom of and kind of tell that story because it's something that went differently than I know I initially thought it would.
1: So you ran for a homecoming queen.
0: I did, yeah. It was That sounds like
1: it's going to be an interesting story.
0: It was a whole good time. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like to run for homecoming
2: queen as a queer person in Alabama?
0: It... Okay, so let's start by saying that I was not fully committed to the idea. I had to be persuaded by those around me that Mm -hmm. me running would fill a need. It would provide representation for students on campus that had previously not been represented, and it would show incoming freshmen and sophomores, the younger people on campus, that they could do anything they wanted, even if they did not fit the general idea of that. If you look, oh, (laughs) if you've looked at me, I physically did not look like the typical homecoming queen candidate. I had blue hair. I was just not what people were expecting. Very visible tattoos, piercings, and I knew I was kind of bucking the system. I decided to do it because I wanted to be that representation and I immediately knew I wanted to be visibly queer with my campaign. I didn't want it to be a thing where people had no idea of my queer identities. So the first campaign photo I released was me holding the rainbow flag. And in every aspect of my campaigning, I made sure to talk about how different people were treated on campus because of their queer identities and how they experienced life at the university. And we had to choose a philanthropy. um, And I chose the Magic City Acceptance Center because I love the work that they do and I wanted to highlight it. So I made sure everyone knew why I was running and I was unabashedly queer. I was nervous for backlash, that social media would be saying horrible things and people would walk past me while I was campaigning and say rude things. And that's not at all what happened. In like the most shocking turn of events, <laughs> people were very kind. They said that they loved what I was doing and they didn't know that Magic City Acceptance Center existed. So I was fulfilling my goal of raising awareness. And it was an enjoyable experience that probably took 10 years off of my life. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's all fine. <laughs> um (laughs) about so how did everything
1: turn out with that
0: so i wound up not making the homecoming court which is the top five people to get votes there's some political rigging if you want to call it that that happens at the university of alabama so we knew who would be winning before the campaigning even started um somebody
1: from the greek system
0: Somebody from the Greek system that was pre-selected, yes. And um, so I knew that I was essentially fighting for one of four spots. And there were nine of us total. And I ultimately didn't make court, which was fine because I spread the message. I provided representation and that's all I wanted to do. And I thought that it would end there. The Invisible Histories Project had contacted me to tell me I'd made history and I'd been talking with them. But I thought that would just be the extent of it. But in the weeks after, I had other students coming to me that I'd never met before telling me that they really appreciated what I'd done because they didn't think that they could do it they didn't think that a queer person could run for homecoming queen and be open and still be accepted, which was a lot to take in. That was my goal was to show that queer people could do it. But having that affirmed was a little overwhelming. And I definitely cried (laughs) a little bit just (laughs) because of how happy I was. I'm a crier. How I
1: release emotion. That's amazing that you did that. And we had talked to someone earlier who um, kind of expressed the same thing as you, and that you think that if you try to do something like this in Alabama, it's going to be a disaster. And uh, I know Tuscaloosa isn't really representative of the state as a whole, but I think it's nice that that you didn't have a whole lot of hate mail and things. And uh, I mean, we're. How surprised were you that you didn't have to deal with anything like that?
0: I was incredibly surprised. Um, Campaigning starts on a Tuesday. So that Monday night before, I'd met with some of the people that were going to be helping me campaign. And I was mentally and emotionally preparing myself, but then also telling the people that would be campaigning with me what to prepare for. That, you know, if somebody did say something, how I wanted them to respond, because I wanted to make sure that even if the worst things were said about me, about queer students, that we responded in a positive way. So we could just kind of move on because confronting that wasn't the goal of the campaign, Raising Awareness for Magic City Acceptance Center was. Um, And we didn't need any of that. I gave like this whole speech and freaked (laughs) myself out for no reason. And I was very thankful and grateful that the community was so welcoming. And the other candidates I spoke with were also so incredible. I would do it all over again and not change a thing.
1: If if you had made the homecoming court that would have meant that you had to come out on at the stadium right yes. don't the <laughs> were you prepared for that eventuality
0: I was um so because campaigning starts on a Tuesday and ends on a Tuesday there's that weekend right in the middle and mm-hmm. me and some of my friends like went to mall there in Tuscaloosa and said if I have to go out on the field what am I going to wear because at the time I didn't have any super colorful dresses or outfits and Mm -hmm. I said if I make it I have to have a rainbow dress or a rainbow (laughs) jumpsuit or something to tell who I am and what I was doing so I was preparing Up until that Tuesday, when we found out I didn't make court, I was ready to go.
1: (laughs) What kind of advice would you give to somebody who is uh, thinking about doing something this bold in Alabama?
0: Have a good base of people around you um, that are willing to campaign for you. All the button making, coming up with a slogan and graphic designs. But beyond that, having people that can reaffirm what you're doing and can look at you and say, you're doing the right thing. You know, we love you. We believe you. And that's something that I needed throughout my week of campaigning of saying, you know, am I even making a difference? Is this going to be worth it? Having my friends next to me saying this is worth it. And I think that's a lot, just to have someone that can validate that experience. So, Kendall, can
2: you tell us, now that you're in Pennsylvania and off in law school, and maybe you have a little bit of distance, as somebody who's kind of lived in the South your whole life, can you tell us what it's like to be queer in Alabama for
0: you? So being queer in Alabama, Alabama. It's different than being queer in Pennsylvania is. And I think it's because mm-hmm. being queer in Alabama requires community engagement and mm-hmm. the it's an intentional engagement of building communities and sustaining them because that is the only way we can survive. Whereas from what I've experienced so far in Alabama, that community engagement isn't necessarily there because I don't think it's as prevalent in their minds that it's something that could be used for survival. Um, Do you you mean Alabama or Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania. I think that from my experience so far, there's a lack of, like, a queer community uh, being here. be And I mean, there's definitely queer people here, but there isn't a vivid, strong community that I can sense. And mm-hmm. I think it's because that queer community is not a lifeline for some people. It's not a way of survival here. Whereas I know being in Alabama that queer community, sustaining it was important to a ton of people being able to stay above water and Mm -hmm. keep going. And I think that grassroots effort that's within Alabama in that way is very different from what I've experienced in other people's, other people's, other places.
1: I mean, maybe a misunderstanding, but it it, it kind of sounds like you're saying that sort of the inherent kind of fear that comes with being queer in Alabama has sort of made a tighter queer community in Alabama.
0: Yes, that's what I experienced where people would be openly queer in Alabama, but there was always a fear of backlash by mm. The rest of the population. So we would naturally turn to one another and form a very strong community. And that is not in any way to say that the rest of Alabama is inherently bigoted and unaccepting. Mm-hmm. But there was a fear there. So we made sure to provide that community for people. And I have not experienced anything like that yet in Pennsylvania. Granted, I'm not very much established here. I've been here a little under a month. So maybe the community is hiding a little bit, <laughs> but <laughs> but I've not yet found that in Pennsylvania.
1: Uh, have you got anything else you want to tell us about or is that about it?
0: I mean, nothing other than the fact that I'm very thankful for my time that I spent in Alabama. I'm thankful for being able to have that sort of very strong, close-knit community. And after I finish law school, I do have plans of returning to the South to practice law there because I know there's work that needs to be done.
1: Oh, really? Voluntarily coming back?
0: Yes. I only really came up to Pennsylvania because uh, this law school that I'm at offers a very um, thorough Civil Rights and Public Interest Program, which is what I wanted to do. And then they offered me a full-ride scholarship, so I wasn't going to say no.
1: (laughs) No, I wouldn't either.
0: (laughs) But after I finish, I do have plans of returning somewhere. Not necessarily Alabama, maybe Mississippi, Tennessee, wherever I can help is where I want to go. Wonderful. We'll be glad to have you back. I miss it. I want to go back, but I can't for three years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was very good talking to you. Thank you so much for doing this.
2: Yeah, Kendall, thank you. It was great to
0: talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, anytime.
1: Thank you again for listening to Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Cool Stories. We'll be releasing these episodes throughout the month of October, so maybe subscribe to the podcast if you want to make sure that you don't miss one. If
2: you want to learn more about resources for LGBTQIA plus folks in the state of Alabama, reach out to your local pride organization or check out equalityalabama.org.
1: Bless Our Hearts is brought to you by the University of Alabama's Safe Zone Resource Center in conjunction with UA's Center for Instructional Technology.
2: Safe Zone Resource Center is an office on campus that provides educational outreach, community support programming, and crisis intervention support services to LGBTQIA folks and their allies. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so by email at safezone at ua.edu. Or you can contact us via social media on Facebook or Instagram at at UASafeZone.
1: If you're someone who's having some difficulty with Blackboard or the related technologies, you can get in touch with the Center for Instructional Technology. They're located in A203 Gordon Palmer Hall. You can give them a call at 205-348-3532 or send an email at CIT@ua.edu. I'd like to thank you all so much again for listening to Bless Our Hearts.
2: Stay tuned for more.